Welcome back, everybody. My name is Ted Stoven, and this is Cowboy Shit, the podcast. My co-host, Mr. Dustin Edwards. Dustin, uh, been a pretty reasonable winter so far in Calgary. Oh, it's beautiful. I uh, I was outside today. We were out at the barn, and I actually went in a t-shirt in February. And that's probably the fourth time I've been in a t-shirt this winter in and around uh, Calgary. It's been Pretty darn nice, man. Pretty darn nice. <laughs> but does that just mean we're gonna have a nasty April, like just like a snowy, cold April, or what are you thinking? Like we we're getting kind of uh we're getting lucky here in February. Well, what's this? Is this El Nina? Is that what oh, we're on? I don't know. I'm Where not she, sure. Yeah, well, whatever she is, she's been beautiful, but she's either <laughs> gonna she's either gonna come come blazing in in April, or it's just gonna be a a nice spring. I don't think we're gonna get get a, a happy medium. So my guess is we still get a blast of winter, but what yeah, did the, no. what did the dumb uh, squirrel see? The, the oh, balls like Billy. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't pay the, attention. The guy in the mascot outfit up with the highway too. <laughs> I think he said we're getting a six more weeks of winter. If I remember correctly. Okay. Well, that's still mid March. So we need some rain pretty bad though. Oh, the country's dry. Yeah. We really need some moisture. Need, Big big dumps of snow. Yeah, we're a lot of rain in March, April. We're uh she's gonna be a tough year for the farmers and the ranchers. Yeah. We're, we're hoping for some moisture, boys. Hoping praying praying for rain out there. Yep. So so I, I read a quote the other day. Uh my cousin sent me a we were actually on our way to to uh to our grandma's funeral and and her unc her her dad lined up a plane. He's a pilot, so he lined up a flight for us up there for there was like nine of us that went up there to, to grandma's do on the Saturday of, you know, all the, a lot of big rodeos back in June. So I was supposed to be in Rocky. Luckily, Matt, uh, Matt, the intern now, Matt, the, uh, marketing man soon to be, he, uh, he looked after Rocky there and we had Bill Hansen. Actually, you probably know Bill. He's Gord Bamford's, uh, sound guy, audio guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so Bill went out there and bailed me out. Uh, and Matt was there. So I get up to grandma's do. But she had this uh, newsletter she was reading, and it was from James Clear. And you might be familiar with James Clear. I think he's, uh, I might have it wrong, but I think he's the author of Atomic Habit, Habits. And this one might, might be from a different newsletter, but I am I had it written down, and it said, in the long term, you can't get better results than your consistency. And I thought that was kind of a cool quote yeah. as far as, you know, this even this show. Like, I don't, I don't know if the show is really that successful or what the deal is, but... But I just feel like consistency is and showing up is is uh is an important part of the success overall. Just just showing up and doing it every other week. Just doing it, yeah. And 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 then there's the people that do it, and then there's the people that take that to another level. Yeah. With things. But yeah, it's a good quote. I like that. I thought it was neat. I thought you'd appreciate it. But but uh we're we're working on a few things. Um, what else is going on? We uh we're home for a little while here, and we got the PBR Cup Series coming up against next weekend in in Lethbridge, one of the best events of the year. Been around for a long time too. Uh, recorded the next show already this morning. Uh, stay tuned for that. Going to be Rope Myers, 2001 World Champion Steer Wrestler. He's doing a lot of cool stuff. Uh, we've got a big project coming up. Actually, uh, I'm not going to release the details. We're probably going to release that uh, next week though, so just stay tuned. There's a pretty, what I say, Dustin, he's a pretty influential former politician that we're working on a project with. So that's something coming up. We're going to have some, uh, 
some cool stuff coming up that way right before, I guess that's right before Lethbridge, but man, there was a huge ride on the weekend. Uh, it was a Casio oh. Diaz was like 94.75 oh. or something on a bull called man, man hater, but yeah, pretty cool times. Yeah. Down in, uh, that was in Los Angeles. Yeah. LA at crypto.com arena. Home of yeah. the Lakers. Yeah. Jake, Jake Gardner was riding down there, I believe was. Yeah. And, and Nick Tetz was there as well. Jake got one road yeah. even. Yeah. So pretty cool. The, the big series continues to roll on and the, the winter runner rodeos is, is keeping everybody busy. So it's, um, not long. We'll be back on Canadian soil, starting the race to CFR Edmonton. 50. Yeah. CFR oh. 50. I hope, uh, I hope we get some more news about the CFR coming up here soon. It's been like pretty quiet for it to almost be March and that event's coming up in what March, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, nine months or less. Yeah. Eight or nine months. It's coming up pretty fast to have heard not much yet. Yeah. I would think we're going to hear something soon. And I mean, I don't know what there is to hear, I guess it's, They've got dates, they've got a venue, but yeah, they haven't Details. really, they haven't launched anything yet as far as a presence digitally or in the markets and details. So Details. I'm sure they're working on it, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see when it all starts getting released. Yeah. We're keeping an ear to the ground on that one. Uh, what else we got, Dustin? No, the Roughnecks, you, you had a, you had a Sunday game because of the long weekend here, President's Day in the U.S., Family Day up in Canada. Both of our Alberta teams got the win on a Monday afternoon and uh, now we get to cook some nice dinner and whatnot, but, but uh, the Roughnecks, you just, you guys just had a, had a, you had another win. You're back in the playoff contention too. Yeah. Big win over Halifax yesterday. It was our uh, East coast kitchen party. So oh, kiss the cod. You could have some screech, some screech. And uh, yeah, it was good. We scored 17 goals and uh, I think there's two or three fights in there. And uh, right on. Uh, it was funny because I was chatting with Dawson Northcott on the concourse. Oh, he hadn't been in for a while, and they were talking about the lack of fights. And no sooner was there a brawl on the field, and and uh, and then there was a couple more to follow. So it was a good rowdy affair at the <laughs> game. And yeah, we're back back here on Saturday night against Philly, and then uh, we go to Philly the following week. So right a couple of good games and uh, closing in on the last half of the season here. Hey, there we go. We uh were around this weekend. Might have to show up uh Saturday actually. Saturday night. I just saw that. Be there. Yeah. Or be somewhere else. Or be or do something else. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> um. Yeah. I just wanted to make a mention too. I forgot on the last show, but I listened to a podcast with uh, Matt and Amanda Kimes. It was an episode. Converse Cowboy is the name of the show. I really liked the the format of the show. Great interview. Matt and Amanda were really open about what they did. Um. We got to be friends with a lot of the Kimes crew. Uh, Lindsay Periton, Jeremy Gerard. Uh, that whole crew, we got to meet uh, meet them over the years at the at the market in Dallas. So I really enjoyed that uh, podcast. If anybody's in, interested in the Kimes side of things, got to give them a shout out. Of course, like I'm torn because I'm a, I'm a Wrangler guy and have been forever. So I feel like I'm cheating on Wrangler to even talk about <laughs> another comp- another company. But I uh, I really I really like that crew. They're good people, and I, I love all the Wrangler crew too, and have for a long time. And it's. Uh, that was a cool show though. I, I really pre- it was I appreciated it. it was they are basically a small business turned huge business that they started in their, you know, in their moving trailer where they were selling pants. So cool story in the Western business. Yeah, and it's you know, it's always cool to listen to other podcasts and when you get a chance to I think people like to see behind the curtain, right? Even with like yeah, cowboy shit in your life and, and what we all do, it's cool to go behind the curtain and see people's journeys and be a part of it. So it's uh, always cool to recommend uh 
ways to do that, especially in the Western world where there isn't as much of it as like mainstream sports and brands and things that you can access some of that stuff a little more, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty neat. But well, speaking of that too, we've got new stuff that be hitting the website any day now here too. And, and the new projects on the way, we'll have more on that on the next show, but, uh, yeah, stay tuned. The 29th is the, is the targeted date. So keep an eye out there. And if not the next podcast, but, uh, anyways, let's get to the interview this week. We had the Hannah hockey tournament been one that we've gone to for a long time. Dustin, you and I played on a team there together. So I made sure to throw the gear in and I knew that, uh, that Tanner Gerlitz and, uh, and Devin Maisie would be there. And I thought that it would be a lot of fun to do a show with those guys. They traveled together for a long time and rodeoed at the same time. Um, so we had, a we had a chat with those guys sitting at the, at the goose. What's the name of that bar? Oh, is it the Canada gray? Canada gray. Yeah. So there's a, those are Canada gray motor Inn in Hannah, Alberta, which is for those who don't know, two hours North East of Calgary. Uh, isn't that where, isn't that Allie's hometown? Is that where you're from Allie? Hannah, Alberta. Hannah, Alberta. So, so we were sitting around at the, at the lounge, having a couple and, uh, and had a visit with these guys. So, so it was a lot of fun. The tournament we went, I think, one and two, one one, lost two. We beat Lowell Johnson's team though, Lowell and uh, and then Darren. We got those guys by a bit. I got a penalty for hitting a guy down by accident, and he called me an asshole when he got back up. So apologies to your cousin Allie. I don't know, didn't mean to try and hurt the guy, but but anyways, always a fun time. So this was a fun chat with these guys. Once again, this is Cowboy Shit. My name's Ted Stoven. He's Dustin Edwards. Thanks for joining us this week. All right, we've done a couple shows here in Hannah before. Lowell Johnson is sitting right next to uh, Tanner Gerlitz right now, but we got a pretty fun, uh, pretty fun time. Hannah hockey tournament, middle of February, most years. I've got two guys that uh, I've known for a long time, and uh, first guest I'd like to introduce. He made the Canadian Finals Rodeo eight times. Uh, now working at Bow Valley Genetics, right? Yep. Yeah. So Devin Maisie, please welcome everybody, Devin Maisie. Oh, Dan's got his salad, and uh, <laughs> the current uh, the current current rodeo administrator of the Canadian Pro Rodeo Association, the 2023 Cowboy of the Year, and made the CFR nine times. Also a Canadian champion rider, Mr. Tanner Gerlitz. Thanks for having us. Thanks for doing this, guys. Okay, we were talking earlier. I want to get right into this story. So, the shopping cart races at Cochrane. How did this happen? And like, and what happened? I only saw one picture. They well, used to the have a. Uh, like a pro am at Cochrane. What year was this? Like this would have been like oh three oh four. Yeah, something like that probably. Did. Uh, it would have been oh six oh seven, like oh six oh seven. Well, I think. Well, judging by the pictures, I'm not fat yet, so I'm uh, thinking it might have been before then. Yeah, <laughs> uh, mid two thousands anyway. Yeah, it's irrelevant, Kay. but yeah. Yeah, and yeah, we just a bunch of us went to Jody's house the night before. And Jody Turner. Yep. Yeah, Jody and, and Steve, or like Jody's house. I Jody guess. and Steve, like yeah. the home place, like the Turner Ranch. Okay. And we drank 
quite a bit, and then we just kind of kept going and went to the Pro-Am, and we started doing, we did the rodeo, everyone was kind of in random events all day, and... You said you, you entered every single event. I don't know if that, the shopping cart races, one year I entered every single event, but I don't remember if that was the same year or not. But, yeah, we, uh, most of the events I was on the amateur side of things because there's only one <laughs> event I was any half good at. So, it, uh, yeah, we just did the rodeo, we drank beer all day, and then there's a uh, shopping center right above the rodeo grounds at Cochrane when they used to have the outdoor rodeo grounds. Yeah, they still there's have like it, a right? save on foods or whatever it is up on top of the yeah. hill. Yeah. And we found these random shopping carts there, and there's a big hill at the top of the beer gardens going down. We actually put Ray Solberg in a barrel that day, too, and rolled her down the hill. Oh yeah, God. I also rode the barrel down. You went in the barrel, too? Yep. Like yeah. the rodeo clown barrel? No, no, like, no, a, steel like a steel Oh, a steel barrel. Yeah, garbage yeah. barrel. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow. Dang. Yeah, it was... Yeah, that was the thing. Was a, Somebody would always go get carts or a barrel, and it was, you know, who was drunk enough to get in these things and, and see how far you can make it down the hill. <laughs> Before I, he flew at the end. <laughs> yeah. I do recall we make we made it down the hill. Yeah, in we did make it. We had yeah. A, yeah, the yeah. shopping cart went good. Yeah. What about the outfits? Well, you, had a, you, had a, you had no shirt on and a vest. It was a sweet... Yeah, I don't know up. where that guy... And I had a, I think I had a beer box cowboy hat on too. Oh, you did. Like you look like. Yeah, God. I don't know where. I'm not sure where I got that. We got yelled at by Billy's mom that day too for our Billy performance. Billy Richards. Yeah, yeah, Billy Richards' mom yelled Didn't at us that day. You fanned your bull and he yeah, was I mad. got in trouble. I I fanned my bull and not and, um, I got near full, but it was probably deserved. Yeah. Was it was it one of the big muleys back in no. the day from the, from the Pengellies? It was a big. It was a big black bull with big horns that they had. That was really mean, actually. That I'd. I rode in the amateur days and been like eighty five on him, and like he was a pretty decent bull, and yeah. but he just wasn't that wasn't too good that day, and and I uh, <coughs> I wasn't in my right mind. We'd been drinking beer all day, and <laughs> and um, yeah, I rode rode him, but but caused a bit of a scene, and <laughs> and uh, I, that was actually the last year they had the pro am. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, this is the Monday, like on the long weekend. Do you know September. that actually? That was actually just a, a pre a prelude to uh, um, there. Somebody had a stag party that night at the hall oh. out there. I think it was oh, Volts. Denton's. Vol- no, Volts's. Volts or Denton had a yeah. stag party. Oh, really? out of, I remember. I, I remember going outside and 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 <laughs> having a nap in Steve's camper and coming into the <laughs> During hall. During the stag. Yeah, I couldn't go on anymore. Nap. But and it probably started like noon. I came in the hall and everybody was hidden, and somebody had f- shot the fire extinguisher all over the hall, so it was like a fog. And I walked oh, in the hall. Oh, that's when we picked up that old native guy that was yes. on the side of the road. What yes. was his name? Um, I can't remember what his name we was. We called him Teeter Totter. Yeah, we called he him Teeter Totter. Yeah, Joey um, Teeter Totter. He come with us. We picked him up on the side of the road. Oh he hung out with us all night because in the morning when I woke up and the <laughs> dust was settled, he was picking up all the empties. <laughs> And he had Denton's hat on. Yeah. It was all crooked. I thought it was Denton, and it, and it was not. <laughs> and yeah. just, for, just for reference, Denton was a stunt double for Pedro Pascal in The Last of Us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I walked into that hall, and, and people started throwing beer bottles and uh, big like the big blue water jugs. Like It was it was like a fun what game that hell? had been going on that I wasn't aware of. But <laughs> this There's was people the in the rafters. The There's a chicken in the rafters We're, for a what? long time. Yeah. Now. Finkbeiner had a little brown chicken that he protected. And <laughs> yeah, Finkbeiner protected yeah. his brown chicken. That was the last oh, time we shit. were welcome at the Cochrane Rodeo or the Darty Call. Sounds like you were there too, Dan. Yeah. Holy. Yeah. Thanks. Steve, uh, Steve Turner climbed that giant tree too, yep. right to the top. 
Kirby. <laughs> Kirby. Kirby. High centered uh, his grandma's quad, and then she showed up and yelled Kirby at him Black. and gave him a spanking. Yeah. What? The next morning, there was a, the a picnic yeah. table burned in half over the campfire, and the quad was tipped over because I believe oh they tried God. to jump the fire with the quad. <laughs> Full evil and evil stuff. This was at yeah. the stag or the. Or the it was at the stag. Yeah. yeah. Really. Just followed the rodeo. Holy I shit! I forgot about teeter totter. Yeah. Holy smokes. Sound. So this is all one day. This all happened in one day. Yeah. There was a stag, and you know, then the f- next day we kept going, and we had Simon's Valley Bull Ride and Steve Tours Neil. On the Tuesday. It nope. was on a Wednesday. The bull ride was on a Wednesday, and it was pouring rain still. Oh, really? And then Steve kept going and got on <laughs> fairly inebriated and tore his knee out. And we all thought he was joking around, being funny and drunk, but he, he actually, actually had no knee. knee. Holy shit. Yeah, it was a wilder times. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, I guess this is about, well, mid-2000s is like 15, 15 16 years yeah. ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago now. Jeez. Yeah, it was my first year to... Riding pro, yeah. Because you so made your we, first. We've all been young. Two thousand eight or nine. Seven. Seven. Yeah. And your first was 04. 04, yeah. Because you won. We talked about it on the last show we did together, but you won like your first eight pro rodeos in a row. Seven. Yeah. Seven. Okay. But it was all the way from like yeah. Falkland to Hand Hills. And yeah, I won Falkland, then I won Brooks. Um, I didn't get to go to Cloverdale. I can't remember. What, I won. Yeah. Yeah, I had a pretty good run there anyway. I won a bunch of little tiny kind of... Because you couldn't get into everything at yeah. the time. Yeah. At the time, there was enough guys going still that yeah. there was actual qualifications still and permits huh. stuff wouldn't get in. I remember entering Rodeo Royal my rookie year. They took permits max, and I had my permit. And I remember entering, and I got drew out, and I also got fined $50 <laughs> for attempting to enter. <laughs> really? Yeah. No shit. I phoned to enter the following week, and I was blacklisted because I really? got drew out, got and they charged me 50 bucks for Did, trying to enter. Would you have fined Devin if you were the rodeo administrator at the time? Devin? Rule's still there, yeah. <laughs> 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 the, the rule is it's just so um, a bunch of people don't enter that you know like aren't gonna guys get entering in Pinocchio and stuff that you know aren't going to get in. Oh, really? The rule's in there just because it does... Waste a lot of time in the office for the okay. press girls to pan pick and draw people out. Fair enough. Um, Devin, what about the 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 shake? I just I didn't realize that that the shake the so you you, did, you guys did karaoke around Falkland sometime. Is it was that Falkland right? Rodeo yeah. right upstairs in the beer garden? And that was were, this was like midday. I did not realize till today yeah. that I was like that wasn't like 11 p.m. karaoke. That was and like I wasn't karaoke. young. Like that was I like Monday fun day, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Like I was on weekend. our way home. We all did shitty at Cloverdale, so we weren't in the short round. Were you guys all with me that time on the way home from Cloverdale where we got to that crazy party? Was that just Skyler? Were you guys on that Cloverdale way home when, when somebody won Cloverdale? We were driving home and we stuck, got stuck in camels at this 50th birthday no. party? Oh, that's a different time. Okay, sorry. I wasn't at that one. Okay. Yeah, that was midday. We uh, On a Monday? I think we even rode bulls that day. And but it was Falkland just, or I don't know, there was or Luxton. didn't seem like a big urgency well, we to get rode home. Falkland that day. Yeah, there just was no urgency to make it home. We were waiting for the guys from Cloverdale to pick us up. Yeah, and we had to mm. hang out in Falkland, wait there. We went to beer stand and they, and they were also they, getting drunk, so it didn't work very good. Karaoke and uh, <clears throat> I believe, I believe Ace Northcott was uh, was behind that too. The I was egged on, time? but yeah, I. It's a pretty. Um, fairly decently viewed performance on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to come up once a year at least. Well, even even the shopping cart races, K 
came up just recently, Tanner. Yeah, you that, had that picture one comes up on my memories all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's so it's so crazy because you guys are both wearing like old school sweet hats with the full like bird feathers in the front, and you're riding shopping carts down. Believe it or not, that's not our only shopping cart story. What? <laughs> okay, what's the other one? In or Halifax at Bubbles Mansion. Bubbles like like, uh, like trailer park Mike boys Smith Bubbles from yeah. He has a mansion in Halifax. Well, it's co- that's his bar. That's what they call it. Oh no shit! Yeah. Was he there? Oh yeah, me and Dan, oh, me and Dan are in the bathroom having a piss, and really, Dan looks at this guy, and there's like three urinals lined up, and we're, and this guy's in between Dan and I, and Dan goes, "Are you Bubbles?" He goes, "You're fucking right, I am." <laughs> <laughs> he no just way. dressed up in his normal clothes. Yeah. No way. Did he have the glasses on too? Uh, no, he didn't. <laughs> no, no he, he's just dressed up like normal. No shit. Over like usual though. A sweet comb over. <laughs> No way. Okay, was this yeah. the same time as you guys had the Fight Club downstairs in the in the ho- in the hotel? Yeah, Stevensville. <laughs> Stevensville. <laughs> yeah, Steve didn't buy a room, so he slept in the car park garage, and they <laughs> found Steve Turner. He didn't have a hotel, so he just slept in the car garage. But he found a bunch of old <laughs> mattresses and stuff that were down there that were probably pissed on and stuff and gross. So what Steve just that? built a giant fort. Right, 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 dirty mattresses. They're like, yeah, it was gross. But no Steve way. built like the biggest fort. Like, if you were a kid and you built a fort in the living room, Steve made the ultimate fort. And no we called way. it Stevensville, and we all hung out down there all night. <laughs> and it's th- just, this is the Fight Club thing too, though, right? Like, yeah, we all got wrestling and fighting yeah, on all the mattresses. Yeah. But it was like it wasn't like totally in the parking garage. It was like below where nobody was parking, and they let you guys party down there. What was the deal? Like, this is, this is PBR like, like in two thousand what seven eight. Six, seven, eight. Yeah, it would have been there. six or seven, probably. Where yeah, they it was had right when the east. PBR first came to Canada. Well, like I guess the first couple of years. First year was 06, right? I think yeah. so, yeah. 07, yeah. Pank won. It would have been 07, I think. 06, Schiffner won. Yeah. Uh, but, but there was the East Tour, and then, yeah, so there was a whole hangout down there. Yeah, we went. We had a lot of tours. Cre- yeah, we'd go to Charlottetown and Halifax. And I think Charlottetown, Halifax was first. Went to Halifax, went to Bubbles Mansion, did all that. And then after the bar was over, they're like, all right, time for the shopping cart races. And they just stick hockey sticks in shopping carts. What? And it's four men teams. And the streets in it's Halifax like are like up and down. Oh, my gosh. So I get in a shopping cart with all my buddies. And they just push me over the ledge of the big hill and just, no bye, Tanner. Down. Oh, shit. It was. Was Bubbles there watching this? I don't know. Bubbles might have been in his shed at that time. I know oh that God. I was screaming. Going so fast down the hill. I hit a curb at the bottom and just... Full yard sale? Oh, bad. Oh, my God. Did you hurt yourself? No, it wasn't. Like, I Tuck just and roll. hit the curb and then just cartwheeled onto Holy some shit. grass. But Holy shit. <clears throat> you don't get hurt you when you're drunk because you're limber. Yeah, I'm limber. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Gumby. Yeah. Holy <laughs> crap. And then we went out to Halifax. Or from Halifax, we drove across the bridge to Charlottetown. Yeah, on the island. The first night at the bar, we met these guys... Like, you guys want to come fishing? So yeah, probably. There's a whole bunch of us got on this boat, go fishing. We drank beer the whole day fishing with these guys. We caught, like, a bunch of mackerel. Really? That was the only fish we caught. These, we rode at Halifax, did the bar scene there, and then we drove across the big... There's a huge bridge. You just drive yeah. across to Charlottetown. Over to Charlottetown, yeah, to the island, Prince Edward Island, for yep. those Americans so We drove listening. across. The first night, we went to a bar, and we met these guys at this bar, and they had this fishing boat. They're tuna fishermen, but tuna were out of season or whatever. But they said like they catch like fifteen hundred pound tuna, Holy and they're worth shit. like forty or fifty thousand dollars. That makes their whole year. But we didn't get to fish them. We fished mackerels with these little like strings, 
and then uh, they had like the big tuna reel on there, so we were having contests to see who could bear hug the reel. Like it was a huge like spool, and you'd have to get on it, and then we'd all spin it by hand. And I think Dan won the longest person to stay on the reel. We'd really? spin it, and they'd be upside down and spin, and then they'd shoot out. Holy crap! But yeah, like we out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. No, no, the no, the reel was on the boat, like the reel to suck up the net. And you're on the reel. Yeah, you're right in the boat. Like it's just like this big thing to suck the net in, Holy like shit. a big spool. It's like a reel for a fishing rod, but it's for a huge net. Holy crap! It's probably like eight feet long by three feet wide, it's like hanging onto a barrel. Holy shit! And you just bear hug it, and then we'd spin it, and like by the end you were whizzing on it. Real dizzy. Most people can make like two or three revolutions. Dan made like seven or eight. He did pretty good. He's got good grip strength. Yeah, and later I lost my big toe. <laughs> <laughs> what happened there? Uh, it's a little bit of competition and uh, <laughs> lifting anchors over your head or some damn thing. And I got pretty excited because I got it over my head and I dropped her right onto my big toe. <laughs> totally lost your toe? Yeah, I lost the nail the next day. Oh, you didn't actually lose your toe, but the big nail? Yeah, this yeah. is the big nail. Holy shit. Yeah, and then we, uh, me and Steve Turner decided that we should jump in the water, so we went down below. And then we got up on top of the boat, and everyone was fishing away, and we jumped off. It was October. Oh, shit. Like yeah. Winter, almost winter over there. Yeah. And we jumped in the water, and, yeah, it was pretty. And then we had all the mackerel hooks stuck in us for quite a while. Oh, no. Because there's just, like, 40 lines on each side. Oh, no. But then we got... It was time to go, and we were all arguing over who was going to drive. Because you're kind of loaded, probably. And we started throwing the keys around, and Gib, Aaron Gib, someone threw the keys at Gib for the rental car. Gib says, I'm not driving. He just threw them overboard. Into the just ocean. Went <laughs> right to the bottom. How did you get around that part? Like you just we, had had no to call the, we had to call the rental car place and get another, another set, set of, keys. of keys. Holy shit. We sat there forever. <laughs> so we've got a question from the audience here. Uh, Kirk Robinson says, Ted, you always talk about the uh, the good bull, riders, good bull rides, but what about the bad ones? I'm going to start with you, Devin. There's too many to list. Um, <clears throat> there's actually one. It's on, you put it on YouTube. And it's, <laughs> Which one is this? I don't um, even know. It's from Marwain bull riding a long time ago. <laughs> it was one of, one of Tanner's bulls, actually. I think he called him Extra Mustard. And, I'm gonna look this. I'm gonna look this up. See if we can find. Oh, it's Dan's phone. You'll find it. Yeah, <clears throat> and it's it's probably in the top five worst attempts that I've ever tried. Was it was it's it a probably, good bull? Probably a rank bull. It, oh no, he was probably like an 18, and I was. What happened? I um n- nothing. He just he just kind of turned back away from my hand, and I just went I just went right onto his head and. Kind of helicopter. Was it a bad wreck or why, why No, no, I, why would no. I, I, I came out that? of it on my feet. Like it was just, it was terrible. Just, just bad ride. It was just terrible. Bad like, riding. Yeah, it, you can reference the reference the ride. It's we'll find it. <coughs> um, I mean, that's one. There's footage of for sure. <laughs> that, we can reference em- the video. That's embarrassing. Yeah. The uh, the the Wi-Fi is a little light out here. <laughs> but Tanner, what about you? I have two. The, uh, the bar none worst ride I ever made in my life, I had a bull at Amarillo one time called Jim Dippin. He was this 
yeah. giant brown thing of Sammy's that was... Sammy Andrews. Yeah, super, super hard. No one ever rode. And uh, if you look on Pro Bowl stats under my name at Amarillo, I have a buck off time of point one four. No way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really? It's tough yeah. to even click the buttons that fast. <laughs> <laughs> like, does it was it just like immediate like explosion off the shoot? So you're just totally gone. Yeah. As soon as I nodded, I went flying in the air and I landed no on the back of my head. Were you hungover? Yeah. Hey. Were you hungover? No, I think I just scared. I'm just not scared. sure what happened. Well, my, my one of my worst efforts was uh, you had didn't or it was Sawyer had a bold name Remington Country. Oh, Remington he crazy. come from us. He was so scary. Yeah, I just like opened the gate and just used to take the. That's the one like, that brought ah, Deuce so back scary. into the arena when he was opening the out gate in uh, Paradise, Paradise Valley. Valley yeah. yeah, that was when I was there. It might have been the same out. Yeah, but anyways, terrified. But <laughs> Deuce shut the old gate. Remington Country went in the back. And he didn't get in the strip and shoot, and he come back out, and Deuce was standing at the out gate, and he hooked Deuce so hard in the back that he blew the out gate open, oh and God. Deuce come flying <laughs> in, the arena in between his antlers and got the piss hooked out of him. Oh my gosh! Well, another uh, question from the audience here, Lowell Johnson. You've been on the show before. Lowell had a question about bull ropes in the Brazilian side, and I never was like I want to say it was a little bit later on when those kind of kicked in. Like I remember bringing one back one time. And I think Best Bug took it, and I, I don't know if it was only one Calgrian, but he, he had that rope, and he rode, it for it, rode with it for quite a while. But I never got one set up properly to try it out. But I wish maybe that I would have, because I maybe wouldn't have d- destroyed my shoulder falling off on the wrong side of an American rope. But I was, what are your thoughts? I was back and forth all the time. I Between would try American one, and then, yeah, I would try one, and really? I'd throw it away, and I, I couldn't get along with them forever until I went to an actual, like, Brazilian, Brazilian. I always get like Bill Page to make me one. It still oh. had like the floppy handle and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And the reason I was doing this is my hand was so buggered up I couldn't hang on to my rope. Right? It was my hand actually. My wrist was fine. It was just the actual hand itself. My hand would swell up and I couldn't hang on to my rope. Did, did you break? You broke your hand somewhere along the line, didn't you? Hmm. Didn't you break your hand somewhere along the line, or what? What was the injury? I broke my wrist on this side. Or something. Yeah, I broke my scaphoid on this side and my wrist on your free arm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, I don't know, it was just, at the end, for me, I finally took one and used it, and it just didn't hurt my hand. That was the oh, okay. biggest thing for me. Because there's less it. pressure on your hand. Yeah, but you got to, like, for a guy that rode bulls for 20 years, to switch one my last year, and then just try to change, because it does change your style. You have to. Yeah. And if your hand comes out of your rope one of them, it's gone. You don't have your tail. Like when an American rope and your hand comes out, you still have your tail in your hand. You can try to hang on, but with a Brazilian, it's just your hand flies out. It's totally gone. Yeah. Wasn't there, wasn't it like, was it Jody Newberry one time at like a world finals or something that his hand plopped out of an American rope and you still rode the whole bull the whole time? Or who was that? It was probably Jody Newberry, but he was probably in four by four with his feet still. Oh, his feet were <laughs> locked down. <laughs> I, I can remember doing that. And I can't remember the circumstances. I might have had my feet in the rope too, but I remember getting on... <laughs> Long, long time ago, um, <clears throat> Mitch Glanville used to make ropes, and there was a period of time there where we just get oh, the fattest tail that we could that yeah. could ever really be made wide, in a mushy rope. Ones, right? Yeah, not yeah. even that mushy. Like they're just like that wide and just pretty hard. They just oh really? It's a big one. Yeah, I went to <clears throat> they had a PBR in Lethbridge, and it was outside at that time, and 
Was, um, that the, was that the one where the Kesslers brought the bulls? Yeah, they had bulls there, and it was back when uh, John Beestrom had all those muleys and those black bulls oh, that were really? all so good. And Jiminy this and, and Jiminy that. Yeah, yeah and I had, uh, it, it was another brother, and he just, yeah, he cranked her away from my hand, and my hand came out of my rope right away because I just got this rope from Mitch, and I cracked it, and it was raining. And, uh, and man, I, I, that tail wrapped around my hand, and I just... I had it up like about middle of my like chest, a and I, and and honestly, that was the best feeling bull ride I've ever made. No way! And your 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 form gets very proper when you have no hands. Yeah, really? <coughs> like it was just Were wrapped around my hand, and I was just holding it out in front of me like a bronco, and he was just spinning to the left. And I remember Away the, from your hand even. And I, the whistle went, oh, sure. and I remember being just in such shock <laughs> of what just happened that I tried to like look back at the shoots and like whatever and and he just you know annihilated me or whatever but <laughs> but I, yeah it was, it was like 88 or 89 no like, way with no hand and I but it was that. i was like if i could do that every time that'd be the best because it felt so good yeah but no uh but with a brazilian bull rope like that would never be possible even yeah your hand up yeah huh. well, like you'll so, punch yourself in your face when they come like yeah Doosh. i seen i seen a video um just Last week here, John Crimber was riding. Does he ride with a Brazilian rope? I don't know that. Yeah. Probably. But he, anyway, he got on some bucking sucker at one of those, like, cup events and into his hand, and, and his hand came out, and he caught his tail for, like, a rounder. He got the whistle. That was really? that was the difference. Oh, is that the Red Bull? Yeah. The dark Red Bull? Yeah. I see yeah. That. Like, it was, a, it was a really good ride, but I, I watched it back a few times, and, yeah, he, he, he had his tail for a bit, so. It's crazy with the rosin and stuff they use now, like. Everyone has a lighter in their bag, and they heat this stuff up and just dump it on the rope. Oh, Looks like syrup, and then it, yeah. We just had, like, Neutrogena and black rosin. Yeah, we used face soap. Yeah, that was... Glycerin. Yeah. 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 The, the yeah. stick, the bar version, the yeah. saddle soap version. Yeah. Yeah, you go to the drugstore and buy a couple bars of Neutrogena and get you through the year. <laughs> yeah, it was, that stuff was pretty sticky. Well, you get in a wreck with it, too, if you... You'd overuse it, and it'd become almost slimy, sticky. Kind of gluey. Yeah. yeah. Or if it rained like at Lethbridge. <laughs> Especially when you got to the Stampede, and it was 140 10 degrees, degrees yeah. behind yeah. the chutes. Yeah. The game changed once you got behind there. The red shale does not help at the Stampede either. It's a little hard in front of the chutes. Well, one year I made the 10-round, and I had Team Page in the 10-round, and it was pouring rain. Kelly's bull, right? Kelly, one of Kelly Armstrong's. And I just spun my rope upside down so it'd just be under underneath. his belly. Yeah. Thought it'd be good. And I was hiding underneath there, like, under the bleachers. Raining and then, okay, like it's time to go, Tanner. You're first out. I went running out there, and he was laying on his belly oh in the no. chute. Just, oh, Perfect. Rope. Yeah. 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 Also, it was the hardest surface and oh. known to man. Still so, like that. Yeah. What, Tanner, what about your bareback riding career? <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't call it a career. Didn't you make that national high school finals in the bareback riding? Not the national. I won Alberta. That was Kirby? No, I don't think Kirby Who did. He won nationals. Oh, no. We all made it. We made, made nationals. It. You made it. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, we didn't never win it. Okay. I won Alberta. Um, in the bareback riding. In Alberta. Did yeah, you beat Brett in the Gardner bareback. for that? Hey? Did you beat Brett Gardner for that award? Was that no, years? Brett was before my oh, old bareback yeah. jack. Okay. He was before me. <laughs> Stand back, boys. Bareback jacks here. Used to say that sometimes, and he I, did or you did? He did. No, really? Oh, I heard him say no it. No way. Yeah, I'll, actually, quote unquote, you can no call way. him on this. He called himself Bareback Jack <laughs> from time to time. 
Oh boy. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> and uh, Devin, you uh, did some bronc riding yourself? Yeah, I tried bronc riding in high school too, and I, I'll never forget this. I was so terrified. <laughs> um, and I, we had a high school rodeo in McGrath, Alberta, and I was I was you standing in line at the con- in the concession stand. And uh, Dwayne Ashbacker had horses, and he was just right ahead of me in line, and he was talking to this other older fella, and he meant she asked Dwayne if, if you know, about entries, and how many entries he's got, and he said, yeah, it's, you know, the bull riding's good, the horse riding's a little weak, but we got a, there's a couple bull riders that ended, entered the horse riding, and he said, oh, yeah, like, how's that going to go? And I'm standing right behind him, he's, <laughs> you know, and he's like, well, he's like, oh, the... The guy that in the bareback riding's just got like a pretty nice little hopper, and he's like the guy in the bronc ride. No, oof, he's got his hands full. <laughs> that was a hundred percent me and Devin. And no way. I was so scared, and I had no idea what I was doing. And luckily, <laughs> luckily, uh, I Blaine Marr and um, um, there was there was another you know pretty reputable bronc rider there that were, was able to help me kind of get ready and stuff and. And this horse was wild in the shoot and trying to flip over and buck. And uh, that's, that's bar none the scaredest I've ever been in my life. <laughs> and, and he, he come out and, and kind of just hogged around and, and, uh, I was using, a another guy's saddle and one of the, and the, my one stirrup leather broke off. Oh no. So I only had one stirrup, <laughs> but, and Worst I just, Ontario. I just put my, my spurs in the D's and, and then he started to spin I rode him like a bull. And then the whistle went, and I was just so shocked and still terrified that I just bailed off. And then, <laughs> and um, you know, after the fact, I remember Blaine and them saying like, "Hey, that was you know for your first time, like that was pretty, that was pretty good. Like you should try again." So I said, "Okay, I'll try again." So I entered the high school rodeo in Cochrane and uh, drove all night from the Borad and Trail to get to this high school rodeo in Cochrane, and, and Billy Richards had the horses there. And uh, his horse runs in, and, and I said, and Billy had a pilsner in his hand. This is, this is no later than 9 a.m. And I said, Billy, I said, you, you know, you mind help me put my, you know, put my stuff on here because I, because I really don't know. Was it? Did you? Did, were you friends with Billy at this point or not yet? Um, yeah, so yeah, like acquaintances. Yeah, like okay. like Billy'd been riding professionally for quite some time before this, but like rookie of the year in the PCA, yeah, like, yeah. Okay. Billy was. Billy was doing well at this time. Yeah. Um, but it was Sunday. It was a day off. So he helps me put my stuff on, and, and I get on, and I'm sitting in my saddle, and I'm kind of rocking and rolling around. It's like, Billy, this feels, just doesn't feel right. Like, this feels a lot looser than the first time I tried. And he said, no, oh, that's how I ride with it. Just go ahead. And, and that sucker ran full speed halfway down the arena and then broke over and and i'd never hit my face on the ground that hard before in my life and that was it i said never never ever again <laughs> i'm done now yeah that was oh man yeah what about the time where i fucking got on a bronc do you remember that time at the at stag? scooters at the stag yeah <laughs> yeah i would i'm gonna go ahead and call you out on that because it wasn't a bronc it was one of that's right, right. shitty saddle horses it wasn't a bronc but yeah. you did get on it <laughs> <laughs> With a flank and a saddle and a lead shank and a lead shank. I yeah. I yeah. can remember just speaking of of Skylar McBride's arena. <laughs> um, there was a time when when uh, we were all pretty young and confident, and and Todd Braithwaite would always send bulls there. 
for him to buck for the winner. Some good ones, yeah. Yeah, there was like Boogeyman and... Gunpowder and Lead. There were some bulls that... Holy shit. That... Were, that were 90-pointers day in, day out, but they were just calves at the time. They still bucked the same. No way. But, I, like, it was just a joke. Like, I, you know, like, I can remember drinking beer all day long and and us going there and just getting on these things with rubber boots and no shirts on and, like, no vests, no nothing. Hanging up on purpose. Just, oh, my gosh. Just yeah, like, just the most irresponsible things you could ever imagine, but it was, it was, it was fun. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, that, there was a lot of great. I remember one time Jesse Anton, he brought these longhorn bulls over that were bred to a bucking bull or something out of his longhorn cows, and he wanted me to get on them. So Skylar set up panels, but he was too stupid or lazy or whatever you want to call it to tie the panels to the fence. Oh, no. So this bull takes off running with me, hits the panels, and it just made a tiny little pen around me, like, like a stall. No and way. this thing's in a stall trying to hook me. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, there's a lot of... The hair bear used to get wiped out there a fair bit. Do you remember when we tied that one's head to the chutes? Yeah. Did I get turned back for hair bear? We had a buck jump there for uh, Boxing Day. And after the after we'd done all our riding, we Kyle Hare was there. I said, Kyle, get on this steer. There's a rope in, there's roping steers. And there's one that yeah. actually bucked pretty good and went turned back. Yeah. And... Uh, these things been roped so much that once they like we tied a rope around his horn, as soon as they kind of you know felt this rope pulling them, they would just do it crank her. Yeah. And uh, and Hair Bear got on this one steer, and I kind of I had the rope, and I was on the end of the rope, and I wrapped her on my waist, so I had a bit of an anchor, and and this steer came out and kicked pretty good a couple of times, and just felt the tension on this rope, and just turned into me, clicked, clicked Hair Bear's <laughs> heels, and dislocated his shoulder. Oh, no. oh yeah, just you know. So it made us good cowboys. Holy <laughs> shit! Uh, remember the time where where oh, it was Kirby was on a standing on a barrel, and you walked out. That was Skyler standing oh, on a barrel. Yeah, that was Ke- uh, Keenan Vine and Skyler. Yeah, Skyler or Skyler started it. I because I ha- I have those videos. I do have on them. your phone still. Yeah, right? yeah. And and um, Jake uh, Jake Marshall was taking these videos. And the first one is Keenan was wearing this, like, a cape and, I don't know, some kind of, like, elephant trunk thong or something. And he's on the barrel, and, and they talk Skylar, and, and you can see there's some riffraff going on. Keenan's not paying attention, standing on a plastic barrel. And, and uh, <laughs> you see you see Skylar, he's out there, and he jogs towards the barrel and kicks the barrel out from underneath of him. And everybody laughs, and it's funny. Because he fell know, off the barrel. Keenan was hard. okay. Oh, yeah, because you're not expecting it. And yeah. It's a pretty high drop. And then, and then a few minutes later, you know, just Skyler not realizing what, he, what he'd done. He gets on the barrel, like expecting no, you know, no retribution. And uh, sure enough, you see, uh, uh, it was Kyle German, I think. He 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 jogs out there and kicks this barrel from under Skyler, and and he wasn't. Keenan caught it at the last minute, and Skyler had no idea it was coming, and he landed like right on his like the back of his neck and he laid there like he was dead for and he was mad he was mad at us about that for a while yeah he was but he still pouts about it once in a while yeah i do have those videos somewhere they're they're like extremely grainy and shitty yeah and but 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 just the lg flip phone yeah the laughs of the people that were sitting on the fence when that happened just made the video yeah because it was yeah we had a lot of fun in that arena 
Oh, speaking of not as much fun, Tanner, you can tell me to like f off on this one. But what about Kai Hamilton getting on at the NFR this year after everything we've been through with Ty? And he gets on a bull again. You had a post you put up, but you took it down. And you, we don't have to go into this. We can edit I, this out. But what are your thoughts? Because I, I was kind of pissed off. I was in the arena that night, and yeah. I was watching the rodeo, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? How is he even riding this bull? And everybody's standing up like they're making him a hero. And we spent the last fucking 10 years trying yeah. to talk about Ty, and we're like, how does nobody know what's going on right now? I, yeah, was, ma- I was mad, and I was like, just I was pissed off. For the record, I did not take the post down. Oh really? Face um, must have got a report or something. Really? They took it down. Oh okay. Um, but yeah, it's nothing against Kai. Not at whatsoever. all. Whatsoever. No. no. He was in a position to win a world title. I've done it. I've been there. Not to win that kind of thing, yeah. which is even makes me sound even shittier because I did I the exact so. same thing. But uh, yeah, everything we've been fighting for and for the PRCA, the CPRA itself. To not have control over what guys can ride and when they can't ride, um, like we got to start taking better care of our guys. And it's nothing against Kai. Like on one hand, as a cowboy and someone that I think appreciates someone that can tough through the bad times, that was unheard of. Like you don't see that shit. That was one of the worst knockouts I've ever seen. And for him to get up, and the argument. I will make is he did get hit in the chest. Yes, he was sleeping, yeah, but yeah. he did get hit Still in the chest. Concussion of some sort. Yep. Um, but that being said, what a what a kick in the gonads for what the foundation has been trying to do for the last few years, and uh, the Canadian Pro Rodeo Sports Medicine team, and um, everyone that's been working behind it. It it sucked to watch. And I think it just kind of gave every young kid the gumption to go ahead and decide that they're fine when they're not fine, right? Um, there's more to it than what happened and what we've seen. Like, kind didn't get hit in the chin, and he wasn't bleeding out his ears or anything crazy like that. He had a bruised lung, and he get, but he hit the ground hard. Like, he was no doubt concussed. And I get that they can do a concussion test, and if they pass them, they can go. But there should be uh, a better format because there's no way you should be able to go the next morning. Next morning, yeah, a little. Yeah, yeah. wasn't even the next night. Next night too, yeah. I I agree with Tanner. It's just such a, you know, to me, it's 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 not that it's not that he got back on it. It was just the, you know, to me, it was the situation, and I can't say that it, at any point in my career. If I'd been in a position to win a world title and somebody told me I couldn't get on, I'd be mad. Um, if you, I was Kaya, probably even with guy. knowing if I was went it, on the last if that seven was me, years, I, I would have probably got on too. Yeah, to be I, honest, honestly, if they let you, I wouldn't it's an have. Association issue. I wouldn't have, um, you know, being being knocked out you know bad before like we all experience it's it just comes with the sport i mean there's no there's no dodging it um and uh yeah i just like i mean it, it is it's shocking to me that how how he could still ride as good as he did but just being because i've been any situation i've been like that like i can't think like i couldn't think for myself right like you know and well, and um, then, yeah, like to go from that until the next morning, getting 
a good bowl, just at 10 a nice little spinner of 10, which yeah. was perfect for the situation. But then that night, he had Devil's Advocate, and that was the best ride of the NFR, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. yeah, the best one. And he yeah. wins 100 grand in one night. Yeah. So it's it's shitty, though. I just I wanted to get your opinion on it, though, because yeah, I know I you guess, said something. Uh, I believe, I, like you said, I think it's an association deal. And if we don't start, that's the problem with not being paid athletes. We, associations can't really tell you when you can or can't go because they're paying their way to do it and paying their own. So it's it's a tough, like the NHL or NFL, they have spotters in the stands. If they see someone look a little concussed, or it's, they pull them off the ice and they're gone and get tested. And if they're good, they come back. Usually not that game. Usually they're out that game. For sure, like it could happen the first minute of the game, and they'll be gone for the game. I but do like how you know in in other pro sports they do take it extremely seriously, and if those guys do show symptoms, they pull them off the ice or the field or whatever, and it could be weeks or months before they're back, right? And I don't know, I don't know anything about Kai's situation, whether he was tested or not, and um, you know the 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 stubborn cowboy in me is uh, you know like what he was what he managed to do was like i don't know there's not many men in the world that could actually pull that off but in the other sense too uh, like i mean if we're not looking out for each other what's what are we doing right the best part about kai's injury was donny gaze announcing that night knock the the dog dog shit out of him (laughs) (laughs) i saw a t-shirt with that on it somewhere recently i thought it was outstanding Okay, um, let's let's jump off of that. You got something else you want to add, Devin? No, oh, I, I mean you've seen in the pre in the following rounds that he was having trouble. Oh, for sure. You know, yeah, like 100%. he was he was so he had a good day the next day, and then after that he was he was done. Yeah, yeah, he was in the ground, and you could see something was wrong. So I was gl- yeah. really glad to see him shut it down for the last round. He already yeah. had the world wrapped up, and now he's injured again. again right? yeah. yeah. What about uh, I want to Devin? There's a story about yourself. Um, you were actually 90 points in the bull riding before you ever even scored 80. Is that is that a true story? In Bowden in 2005, or what was what's the deal? Yeah, well, that was it was one of Ty Northcott's bull runs, um, and uh, WPB back in the day. Yeah, and um, World Professional Bull Riding of Alberta. Yeah, and, and I and I just started getting on with one hand, and I was small. I was. Weren't you 15? Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was 15. I was. When you ended the open bull riding. I was small and and pretty frail, and um, I'd actually switched hands because I started out riding left-handed and and broke my arm twice just just from riding. Like I just wasn't really. I wasn't developed In the open enough. Open bull riding already. Yeah. Oh really? Like like it was they were it was literally just getting pulled apart, you know. Um, so I switched hands. Um, you went, you went from left to right. Yeah, and uh, and you know, turns out I was fairly comfortable with my right hand, so I carried on with it. And I went to that. Uh, they, they had a, a care rodeo that day, and I was in the the bull riding there. And it was you know, Lawrence Pengalley had a bunch of muley bulls. It was just suited for the you know event that it was, and and they needed guys for the uh, for the event that night, and and Ty was there, and he come to me and asked if I wanted to get on. And I said, yeah. You know, I'd love to, and um, um, at that time, yeah, Mark Mark Wright had a lot of really good bulls, and they were, you know, they were big kind of Bramer bulls with big, big horns, and I had, I had one of those bulls, um, had one of those bulls first. I didn't get rode very much, and and um, 
Yeah, they marked me a 79. They made the short round. In the long round. In the long round, yeah. And then... Uh, and then stayed on one the short round, and yeah, they gave me a 91. I, really? in in hindsight, you know, you look back, it it wasn't. Hey, but it was that day. It was it, a 91 I that mean, day. Yeah, it was on paper, but uh, but uh, yeah. So that's cool though. So you're yeah. you're at 91 points before you're even 80. Yeah, technically, yeah, huh. yeah. So neat, it though. it kind of uh, it started me off with a. Uh, I, that was a good boost of confidence going yeah, into it. Yeah, when you're 15 years old. And then. Um, you know, and I thought, oh, I can do this. So I went, and I that that was back right before the, when the PBR or the P it was PCB at the time turned into PBR. Before, so yeah, I, was, yeah, yeah. you know, I started riding bulls with all these guys, because um, um, you only had to be sixteen. You did, yeah, so, like yeah. eighteen. That's right. And and I can remember entering a bull riding in Red Deer right before Christmas time, and uh, Gerlitz's had a bull, Heaven on Earth, they called him, and he was. You know, if you if you rode bulls in anywhere near that era, you knew that bull. Yeah, he was big and Dang. and. And how old were you? Fifteen. Holy shit! Yeah, I wasn't technically old enough to ride in the PCB yet, but I snuck in there. No way. Um, I rode the first day and and uh, and bucked off, and then um, Ty Streeter had that bull the next day, and I was I was there with Tanner. Dang. And and Ty had that bull drawn. He got he got knocked out or something in Regina Pro Rodeo that that night before so he turned him out and uh so this bull became available for to you know basically put your name beside and i had no idea what was going on and tanner said you know i was with tanner and all he said was he's like oh that bull just spins the right <laughs> like you got him all day like was that he was setting you up or was he trying to give you some confidence what were you thinking at that point tanner me yeah well he did he just spun right <laughs> <laughs> he didn't lie it, yeah, he, he just turned back the right there. He didn't tell me it's vicious. For my own benefit, he omitted a few details. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I was. Yeah, need to know basis. I told him what he needed to know. <laughs> I was still only fifteen, and I, no you know, way. I I rolled in and you know was put my put my shit on, and everybody around is just like, holy crap! Like yeah. what you know, like uh, what's going on? This remember, child's about like, to die. You know, I remember overhearing like Tyler Thompson behind the shoot saying like, "This is this is, you know, this is a bad idea." Oh um, no! I had no idea. I had no idea what was going to happen. But oh boy! But so you probably wrote him for ninety four. I wrote him. I might have missed a spot. Did you? <laughs> the best part of the story: Devin snaps his ass, gets like an eighty eight and a half. No way! He rides him at yeah. fifteen. Yeah, there's this like, like 03, six like when guys that have ever rode Evan on Earth. Oh Devin Mazie was the first guy to do it when he was fifteen years old. First guy to ever ride the bull. Yep. Oh my God! And this is like a bull of the year in the in Canada, right? Yeah, the next year, or two finals years from too, now, right? he won. Yeah, one. No, not World Finals because that was one. BSC, BSC, so and that was on. Okay, sorry. Um, the year that bull won bull the bull of the year in Canada, he had fifty seven outs in Canada. Holy shit! And That's a ton like of he went for a bull. to every PBR Canada, every rodeo girls rodeo stuck had. Holy shit! And yeah, I think he got rode six or seven times in his life. Devin was the first guy ever to snap him. But Devin rides him, gets off pretty good, get him the old, yeah, fuck, I did it. Oh, no. <laughs> and <laughs> no way, gets him? Wide open. Hits Devin so hard, hits him from behind. No. <laughs> Devin's fucking, his face, I shouldn't have said the F word there. Devin's okay, face hits his knee so hard he breaks Devin's nose. No way. Yeah, bloody just folded him in half. Oh like my god! Safeway chicken. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, he he meant business, and Holy it turned shit. turned out to be after a number of 
of trips was uh, I, I remember watching um, I think it was Garth Oldfield get on him at Chilliwack Bull Ride and, and that was a big arena and big like open arena yeah yeah and, and bucked him off out there ways because he'd fade pretty good that yeah. bull too yeah. sometimes and you might be the only bull rider he ever hooked and yeah because and, and lining Garth up and Garth fell down and ended up being flat on his belly and that bull was so big and just had such a high head he just he kind of just skipped right over him like he didn't even know he was there no way. that was the key he used to love bullfighters he yeah. would hardly ever hook a bullfighter or bull rider but he hooked Get a lot of bullfighters really? he was fast too yeah. and he big he was he was terrifying how did he compare to fear me well they're the same age they're oh really Are yeah g30 like and g3 they're oh really right there they probably were half brothers i would assume that's when we we're getting all our bulls from carlisle really? before registries and stuff um, Fear Me was mean, like really mean. I saw him hook Riley tie under a fence one time. Yeah, he was like smart mean though, wild. Fear Me. Like he was, Jesse Byrne when he started and he's doing the freestyles, no one could touch Jesse. Like he was unbelievable at freestyle bullfighting. Fear Me was the only bull that like, bad baby Jesse. Really? Chapman wow. had a really good fight with him one time in Oyen. That was the only guy I ever seen get along with him. Cause that's, I, that's how cruel we are. We sold him. No one wanted to get on him as a bucking bull anymore because he was so terrifying. Fear me? Yeah, so we sold him to a guy as a fighting bull. No and way. he was a big... Yeah, these bulls were big. Like, they weren't yeah, like a little fighting bull. Salty. These were like 17, 1800 pounders. Like, so if you're if you're Jesse Byrne or, or anybody almost, for that matter, fighting this bull, like, his his nose is on the top of your shoulder. Like, oh, they, they were big, plenty bulls. big to be trying Holy to freestyle. Shit. Yeah. Jesse didn't really bow down from anything though he's oh shit yeah Tan tanner what's your most memorable ride of devon's and dan's while we're at it let's do like a little round table here dan's is easy rip and dip at the canadian finals the last round oh yeah we 89 wasn't it yeah no six no we're in 89 we him and i split the last round dan should have been 89 i wrote a little tweety spinner to win canada and dan wrote rip and dip he's like the first guy out and we split the round no way. It was ridiculous. Dan should have been like 88, 89 points and went around flat out. Made him look too easy, Dan. <laughs> no, it wasn't too easy for me anyways. <laughs> but uh, but Rippendick went on to like go to like New York that next spring. Did you guys try yeah. and sell him or did you sell him? Or no, Berger bought him yeah. and he had him for a little bit and then he broke his leg down there. Oh. Yeah, he broke his leg at Chad's place and didn't get to use him that much, but he took him to a few places. Did you sell him to or did you just use him? No, he sold. He bought. You him. bought him. Okay. He bought him and Liquid Kitty. That was such bulls. a good bull. I like. I rode him too one time, but I remember he was just so big too, and the way he boxed. So if you if you did ride him, he was hard to get off. Oh. Like especially like I remember him wiping out Vince at Oyen like Northrop. just because like yeah like he i don't know if it was i don't know what it was but like he was just hard to get clear of and you it, it, he wasn't vicious at all but he just would you kind of just land right where he was bucking and he'd oh, really? try like you know not intentionally but he you know he'd stomp stomp you but yeah that i think was a my good bowl. as far as devon goes with my f most memorable ride for devon is probably the heaven on earth ride when he was 15. Yeah, he was 15 yeah it was that was unreal unheard of at that time and um like the level expert bull riders were scared of that bull, and Devons is 15 years old, and being told by pro guys like Tyler better. Thompson not to do it, it's a bad idea. That was Just when Tyler him. was really shitty, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tyler did have a stint there where he was shitty, and but then he, he had, got really good. He had glasses, and he was kind of like, kind of like, uh, just like had a totally different look before, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, he, uh, he, I don't. 
I don't want I you don't to fight me, Tyler. I'm like, <laughs> we're cool now. But there was a time though when when Tyler was different though. Like, For sure. Yeah. I when I uh, graduated high school, I got done a semester early, and in January I moved to Tyler's house. And I'm by no means taking credit for Tyler's career, but that was a, a changing of the guard for Tyler and I's careers both. Um, when we got together, we started working with one another and just bugging each other. And and <clears throat> I can't I, think that you know of of generations of riders like you know the years prior to our generation. You had like Austin Beasley, Kelly Armstrong, Rob Bell, all those guys. You know, and then there's little all in the action, and then, you know, our our group was like Tanner, myself, Chad Bestplug, Steve, Jody, Denton, Pankowitz. Like, Pank, you know, yeah. we had a really good crew too, and and uh, as kids, um, like when the PBR first started and when the PCB was going on, um, you know, the P, we were we were able to enter those bull runs before we were 18, and riding all these pro bulls, and uh, you know, so much cool shit happened. Um, then, you know, I like I, my memorable ride of Tanner, and uh, you know, there's so many, but you know, I remember watching him spur the shit out of chin music at the Radisson for '92 or something, like you in know, the parking lot and and on 16th Ave, right? And at that was time, at the Ranchman's actually. Oh, I thought but you were gonna say the rumble at the Radisson, back it, in the day. yeah. And it, I thought it was the Radisson, but but you know, at that time, you know, but chin music was a freaking bucking bowl, bowl too. He was girl. One of ours. One of your yeah. own. Okay. A big red bull that that not I got a many skull guys in rode. My living room. Okay. Yeah. You know, not many guys rode, and you know, we were kids. And it was and, like ninety something, wasn't it? And I got ninety two or something. Yeah. Like that sucker would go either way, but I mean, he went into you know, hand, looked left and went right and faded down the chutes, and and um, you know, I don't know what it was about when we were under the age of twenty, but you know, if anything turned back into anybody's hand, they were getting spurred hard and and yeah he he spurred that spurred that sucker the whole time which and you know that was in that bull's heyday as well so it was you know it was a real deal too dan what about you for these two guys <laughs> so when you wouldn't ask uh, i honestly i think these guys are votes for me i'm i'm not uh, a bull guy <laughs> and I, I can remember a lot of great rides but uh whenever <laughs> these guys were tapped uh, they're all good rides to me um as far as bulls names goes, which ones I remember and where it was, it's not quite there. Yeah, me I and Dan got along good together because I always knew all the bulls and knew what they did. And me and Dan would enter together, and he lived with me. And we would, he just, I'd tell him what he had, and then I'd have to tell him again on the way there, and then I'd have to tell him once we got there again what he had. <laughs> he couldn't remember bulls' names whatsoever. <laughs> A lot of their rides and. Uh, most part where they were, but I don't remember what bowl it was. Tanner, uh, going back to some more current stuff, how surprised were you winning uh, Cowboy of the Year last in the in the CPRA? Uh, fairly. Um, I actually nominated someone else for the award, and a bunch of the organization showed up um, to the awards bank when I thought, just right, he, he won sure, it. For sure, yeah. And uh, then they didn't do it at the awards banquet, and I was a little confused on that, and then, so the next night of the perf, we were and you're busy because you're you're working the buck and shoots and helping the arena like you're yeah was, it's kind of off your radar at that point yeah and I was down below and it was there's a rewrite in the steer riding 
and I, I had to pee really bad. <laughs> and so I told and you're, Kyle Are you Danes, arena director, or what are you doing at the Yeah, CFR? I'm the arena director. Arena yeah. director, yeah, okay. Because you're the current rodeo administrator of CPRA. Yeah. Yeah. So I told Kyle Danes, I said, okay, Kyle, you got this. I got to pee. And that perf, our headsets weren't working. We had no communication. First the first perf. It was screwed up, yeah. Yeah, not something screwed up, and we had no communication with anyone. Which, after the fact, I thought was a joke, and everyone could hear everyone but me. But they just continued not to work. So, But, yeah, so I told Kyle, I'm like, I got to pee. You got this. There's one steer to buck, then intermission, then team roping. I'm going to pee, and then I'm going to go down the time of an end and get that all set up. You can't go. So what do you, why not? I got a screw up right here. And he holds his paper out, and he's looking through it, and then... Billy Richards walks over. He's running cross ties at the CFR. He's like, oh, but what about this one? Does he need one cross tire? I'm like, you guys, this is kindergarten stuff. Like, we got to, if you guys can't handle this, bad. I'm going to piss my pants. If you guys can't handle this. And Billy's like, quit being a dick. Turn around and get your fucking award. And I looked over my shoulder and my wife and kids and all the Legends crew and the Bronze and Terry and Danny and everyone were walking out. And then it kind of hit me. But, yeah, it was, I don't know. I didn't. There's quite a few people that have went into my career that probably deserved the award before I get it. And uh, one of them was just sitting beside me eating lunch a minute ago. Um, Lowell, and there's a bunch of guys throughout my whole career. Lowell's a local guy, and he'd always be able to take a phone call or whatever when I was having hell, or he'd come to the house and practice. and or not. He wouldn't practice anymore. He was retired by the time I started going lots. Um... And I was a pain in Lowell's ass when I was a kid. Like, <laughs> I used to tell Lowell, like, he'd draw one of our bulls. And I was a contractor's kid, so I'd be like, my bull's going to buck you off and muck you out. And <laughs> he's going to make you bleed. And I remember one time he had white lightning and hand hills. And I told Lowell, I said, he's going left. And Lowell said, no, a bull never goes left. He's going right. I said, he's going left. And the bull jumped out there, faked right, went left, and bucked Lowell off. And Lowell was fucking mad. And he come up to me and... And he was mad about getting bucked off, and then I walked up and had to put my two cents in as a nine-year-old kid. And <laughs> I told you he was going to go left, and Lowell chewed me out, and I'll never forget that, and it kind of humbled me a little bit. And then once I started riding and owning bulls, um, Devin can, and Dan can vouch for this. At the bull picking, my bulls were always the last ones to pick from for me. Oh, really? I was always harder on my bulls than I was anyone else's, like... If I had a four-year-old or a five-year-old in there, I'd be like, leave him at home, let him grow up. Like, we don't need seven, we'll go with six. Like, Because I didn't want to be the guy that was bragging my own stuff up and trying to talk my way into getting more bulls. And, um, just people like that, Lowell and my dad, my wife, all you guys that are sitting here with me right now, everyone's kind of chipped in and helped out, bring me to where I've been in rodeo, and have the opportunity to work for the CPRA now and keep being a part of rodeo is huge and since we sold the bulls I was kind of wondering what the heck I was going to do in rodeo after that and I started shoot bossing a little bit and stuff but um, a guy doesn't can't make a living shoot bossing right and now to be in the position I'm in and being able to do hands on rodeo day in and day out it's it's kind of a dream come true for me. So it, it was pretty surreal to get it and to have all my family and friends there and look at the people. The only other feeling I had awake in my life was the, 
the last bull I got on at Northlands, last guy out to win Canada, I fell off. Probably the other bad ride of mine my whole life. And to look up at all the people in Northlands standing on their feet, and I got a standing ovation that day when I retired. Uh, them two moments are the two coolest ro- rodeo moments I have, for sure. We talked about bulls a little while ago. Uh, the Rip and Dip, and uh, what was the other bull that, that you shipped at the time? Liquid Kitty. W- was that one of the bigger bull deals you guys ever ever made? I, I, I never asked that question before. I don't, I don't know. Our biggest bull deal was probably when we sold Millennium. Millennium. Oh, the, yeah. Uh, that was... Uh, Y2K. He went to uh, Terry Williams. Oh, yeah. Bottom office. That was probably our biggest one. I mean, we'd sold... When my grandpa Will passed away... He said if uh, Pretty Boy Floyd didn't win Canada that year, he wanted to sell them. And then we sold Pretty Boy Floyd, Quickway, Stitches, um, Eldorado, and Slam Dunk to Donnie Hutzel and Flying Five. Holy. They took them bulls down there. And they went. all them bulls went to NFR for Donnie. Um, and then we, uh, we'd we sold a handful over the years. Um, Stuntman Ray went down there. Uh, Millennium, Liquid Kitty, Rip Ray? a Dip. Did Stuntman Ray have anything to do with Uncle Ray? Well, yeah, he did, actually. So Ray had two. He had uh, Stuntman Ray and Ray's last jump. They were his last two bulls he'd raised. Yeah. And he sent me these things, and I couldn't keep them in. They're jumping out oh, and running around. And so I phoned Ray. I said, what do you want to do with these? Like, I can't even keep them in. He's like, I don't know. Can them. So I thought I'd give him one more try. And I ended up, Stuntman Ray was really bad. He was jumping really bad. The other little Red Bull was just Ray's last jump. He was just wild. But... The black muley was like bad. Like he'd jump over everything, and so I roped him one day on a saddle horse, and I got him back in, and he went to jump out, and I dallied and just rode the other way, and he flopped on his back really hard, and kind of knocked all the air out of him, and he never tried to jump again after that. And then uh, I took him to Olds a couple days later, and in hopes that he was done jumping, but didn't really know. And I took him to the college for the practice, and he. Bucked up. He had a pretty good day. Jackson Scott actually got on him that day, and then I told Dad and Ray, I said, I think I got him. So in me saying I think I got him, they put him in the draw at Claire's home with one rider trip, and Brock Radford rode him that day. The year he won the Chad Best Bug, he rode him in the long round, then he rode Freakazoid in the short round, and uh, I think Brock was like 85 or something on him. He was such a cool little bull. But, yeah, he was... There's a lot of work there with that one, but I think Millennium is probably our best bull deal. Um, one other bull, two honorable mentions, was uh, Dr. X. Oh. You know, like, I um, I don't know how old that bull was when, you know, he moved on from you guys, but, but um, like, Doug Groves bought him and bucked him for another, like, four years, and that bull didn't really... Miss. It's a black white face horn bull, right? Yeah, yeah, he had little horns. Like kick, kick freaking hard. And, he and went big. to the world finals. He went to the Canadian <clears throat> finals. He went everywhere for us, and, and that was a great bull. And then that was actually my sister's bull. Really? <clears throat> and Savannah sold him to uh, Doug Groves. It's actually Derek Young she sold him to, and then Doug ended up with all them bulls from Derek. And that was a, yeah, if you want to talk about one, like if you could have a potload of them everywhere you I go. watched. I watched that bull, like, I watched all of my heroes, you know, as a young guy and riding steers and stuff, get on that bull at the Canadian Finals and everywhere, cool, in Calgary, and, and you know, if they rode him, they were winning, um, <clears throat> you know, and, like, you know, fast forward to legitimately probably <clears throat> seven years later, I I got to 
pick that bull in a short round and get on him. And it was it was almost like I just remember like I picked him just because of who he was. Like I was like I watched this bull, like this bull was uh, like you know the shit for quite a while. Um, you know just to say I could just to say I got on him, but I don't know how old do you think like. He'd have been twelve or thirteen, yeah, at and, least when he was still going, and in in good shape, and and you know he he wouldn't always stay in the spin, but like nobody hardly rode him. Still, like he kicked lights out, and but just longevity, like that was, you know, so rare in, in a buck and bull anymore. And um, but yeah, that was another great out of the girlitz herd. Devin, what about what about yourself? Moving on from the rodeo side of things, and you did you did very well in the rodeo business in Canada made your way down to the PBR's top level. Um, but what's it like for you now? you got a couple kids, and, and you're going to hockey with the kids. And, like, it's it's interesting to, on the other side of it now, though. Like, we're we're done. Like, we're all done in the competition side of it. But it's, you know, Tanner, you're on the CPRA side of things. But what's it like for you, Devin? You're kind of a little bit less involved in the rodeo side of things now. I think what's interesting is, and it's uh, – <clears throat> It's something that we all experience to some degree, but it, we don't ever talk about it. Is is how lost you are when you're done, right? I, I like when I was done, I was done. Like I didn't want to, I didn't want to get on a bull ever again, and uh, <clears throat> and that was that was an honest feeling, and I still don't. But but you know to say that too, it was like, well, you know, who am I? You know what? Like you know, I was I was this character for my whole life and now I'm nothing right um, and uh, you know it took me a long time like uh, you know probably the better part of three or four years really of, of really being feeling lost and and it was a shitty feeling um, you know and then I I worked a lot of jobs and I, I, uh, I uh, I've always been involved with cattle and the egg world and and uh, I decided that's what I wanted to do you know but I kind of had an unrealistic expectation of I said you know wouldn't it be great if if I could work in the cattle world you know but not have to you know put every day a 12 14 hour day and you know and uh, so I uh, I went to you know after kind of bouncing around jobs and trying to figure out you know who I was and 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 what you know what I was you know what next right I was still young I was only 28 when I quit you know coming 29 so <clears throat> you know I went I, I started with Alta Genetics I, I was always really interested with you know in the buck and bull game I had bulls and stuff too a little bit here and there so you know that part of it really interested me and you know I, I, I got to go there and <clears throat> I said this is it you know like you know this doesn't pay very well but um you know, I'm gonna put my head down and and you know, um, you know, as interesting quotes, it's you know, you'll never be uh, you'll never be paid what you want if you're not willing to do any more than what you're paid for. You know, at the time, so uh, that's what I did for for a few years, and and it was hard, right? And and in that, I was given I was given some pretty big opportunities. Um, you know, there just because of that, and and you know, ever since then, I've been. It's been a big learning curve. Um, you know, so I, I left there in last spring and um, took a job with Bow Valley Genetics. It's more on the cow uh, embryo side of things now um, as a general manager. So, um, 
you know, I was just a bull rider, right? I don't have an MBA or, you know, nothing. So, uh, you know, now I play a pretty big role in a decent sized company. Um, and, uh, you know, but now, you know, I, you know, this is who I am now, right? Like, you know, after all those years and being lost, it's, you know, this is, this is what I am. This is what I do. Um, I think you're, you know, for the, there's always there's always guys that get to stay involved with the sport, and that's perfect. We all can't do that, right? But I think if you're able to and make a living at it, you know, that's that's perfect, right? And you, um, you know, Tanner, for example, like I, a lot of my friends, right, are still, uh, and um, yeah, that's great. That was kind of always like the, the dream, but like I say, it doesn't just doesn't work out for everybody, and. And uh, I'm really happy to see Tanner where he's at and the position he's in because he's, um, you know, I think he's got a lot of waves to make, right? I think uh, I think he's got the personality and the knowledge of the sport to, to take it to places that we've never seen in, you know, light, a lifetime. Um, so it's exciting. It's exciting to watch, watch what watch what um some of these guys are able to do with the sport and you know even surrounding concussion things you know i i would suspect that at some point you know we will get there and be able to have some pull there um you know which is a massive step and without somebody like tanner involved in the position he's in you know i could that probably wouldn't happen right but i think it that's something we'll see and it'll be because of somebody like him and even replays right um yeah, I think leaders it's in the industry. Well, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. Yeah. I wouldn't even say like leaders in the industry, just someone who gives a shit and wants to make a difference. That's what rodeo's been lacking for a long, long time. And is nothing against people previously. Like just nothing like, against it. No. But like everyone's just been so content. Road has just been clipping along at the same pace for it's, 50 years. I think what's interesting is that it's not just rodeo, it's everything. Yeah. It's everything, right? And that was my like that Devin's, was my choice. Yeah, Devin's business he's in now, there's, like, huge markers in the embryo and breeding business in Alberta now that weren't there 10 years ago. Like it's, um, Devin was the first one to, to tell me about inflation. He was like, yeah, fucking, like, no, um talk about a rodeo like Bruce it's paid three thousand dollars since 1985 mm-hmm. hasn't went up with inflation and like, some sort, of that sort of call you out Robbie but like it still is the same payout it's been for a long time yeah. Donnie told me Donnie Joe told me that Morris still pays three thousand dollars it paid three thousand in 1985 and now oh. it's 2024 and it still pays eight thousand I think a lot of that's hard to mitigate for those smaller rodeos because it's, it's just it's not a committee thing too you know 100%. we we don't do that without sponsors and and it's hard in the smaller towns to get that backing um, <clears throat> but yeah I mean it, I think with anything you do I mean look at you know even yourself Ted with with what you've done um, mm-hmm. you know in life after bull riding it's it's if you know no matter what you do if you just if you just give a shit and and you know I don't even think you have to put 100% effort in I think it's 75% but if you put 100 you know if you devote yourself and, and you just give a shit no matter what you do you're gonna you're gonna do great things and, and get opportunities every day that 99.9% of people don't get because you know they you're going through the motions right day in day out life is like riding bulls in the pouring rain 
If you give a shit, you're going to win. <laughs> and it's hard to give a shit. It is in very hard. In the pouring rain. It's hard to give a shit in the pouring rain. So that's that's <laughs> a good true. analogy because, you know, that's that's just how it is, right? Yeah, I mean, you got to start somewhere, and it sucks at the bottom, you know, no matter where you're at. But if you give a shit and you're, you know, pulling your rope in the rain and you want to be there and you want to ride, you're, you're going to outperform 99% of the guys there because it's very easy not to give a shit. De- uh, Devin, I've already asked Tanner from a previous show about his definition of cowboy shit. So i got to ask yours, and then Tanner, if you want to update yours, you're welcome to before we wrap it up here. I don't know. I think it goes, you know, even outside of rodeo cowboys, right? I think of, I think of, um, you know, just off the top of my head, I think of, you know, a good friend of ours, Tyler Craft, you know. Congrats to him, too, now, like, kicking the you ass know, out there. That's, you know, that's a man that, when we were young, he, you know, quit riding Bronx and went to work at the Stampede Ranch, you know, knowing, you know, almost full well he couldn't ride and, you know, help at the ranch. And same thing, right? There's a, there's a, uh, there's a man that, you know, started at the bottom and, and, you know, just he's an amazing horseman and, and that's cowboy shit, you know, being a, seeing a guy, you know, my age and a guy I grew up with being and picking up at the NFR. And, you know, having all those great horses and, and knowing damn well the effort that has to go into that, like, that's cowboy shit. Like, you know, I think it goes right from making a rank ride down to things like that. Just, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's super impressive. Tanner, would you tell me the Guitar Hero story about Kraft in Odessa? He's... <laughs> <laughs> He used to wear his black Wranglers and he'd wear a t-shirt with no sleeves on it. And he'd play, it wasn't Tyler Kraft. That was Ty Elliott that oh, was playing Ty guitar. Oh, okay. Because wasn't Kraft, somebody at home? Kraft, Kraft was a character, though. Kraft would just, he'd put a Blackhawk album on as loud as he could and have little concerts by himself in oh, the really? dorm room. <laughs> were you and we'd catch him sometimes. But Ty Elliott was the one of the guitar hero. He told guys... us we were stupid. <laughs> you guys are stupid. You're wasting your time with guitar hero. And then one day we come back from the town or whatever. And, and you guys, because we you went, guys were away. He was home and you, you had. Yeah, we went to town or whatever. And we could hear music blaring in our dorm room. And we opened the door really quiet. And Ty's in there and he's mid-power kick <laughs> with his guitar hero. Just power kick, like he's honing <laughs> his skills. So he can just one day, give me the thing, I'll show you guys how to beat you. But yeah, we caught him red-handed. Um, oh, this wasn't Kraft. Okay. No, it wasn't Kraft. Kraft okay, would just sorry. Blackhawk once in a while. Okay. You didn't go to school there, though, right, Devin? You were there a bit, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was there with those guys a little bit, and uh, <laughs> I had a lot of fun. And, and um, like, I got, you know, I went down to nationals in the bull ride, and, and I got third. Um, in the whole, everywhere? Yeah. Like, overall? Oh, and, wow, no shit. But at that time, like, it just, it didn't really mean, you know, anything who, to me. Who like, won it that year? Um, who was, like, top five that we knew? Um, you know, I can't it's remember offhand. Somebody was probably in there at that point. L- L- one of the year I Brian Cantor, all those guys, JB, all yeah, those yeah. guys were there at that time. Um, and but anyway, so that you know that really opened the opportunity to go to school for me in the states, and I had a lot of calls and offers, and you know I didn't even know where these places were on the map, and I was talking to these guys. Scandia Bulldog doesn't know where and, that is. Uh, after you know and and i was a little bit younger than tanner and chad and ty and all those guys so they'd already been there for a year before i had and uh 
I was probably going on my way home at that point. Tanner, <laughs> Tanner was actually uh, your you truck know, made a lot of miles though down there. Oh, n- n- no offense, no offense to Tanner, but uh, <laughs> I seen what happened to Tanner when he went down there. <laughs> uh, what exactly happened? Would you tell the people that might not know? Well, it was nothing bad. I think you know it was just college. Wait, college will get to you. Was it the freshman fifteen? You know, Turkey left here with a day. Turkey left here with baggy pants and came back with with a new size. Uh, <laughs> it was funny though because he made it work and it was and I'm just like, that's what's gonna happen. Like I also won Canada when I come home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> As a fat guy. No, I'm not saying it affected his ability, but I was just, you know, all those guys they pretty much went down there and spent a year, maybe whatever, oh. and then they came home, and I was just like, that's what's gonna happen to me. Well, uh, I remember a 30 pack of Keystone Light was 11.99. Yeah. And a f- oh my god! Twelve pack of water was eleven ninety nine. So no way. But I can it's remember simple math. <laughs> they, di- <laughs> they didn't have a lot of courses I was interested in. I remember talking to the coach from I don't know if it was in Borger or Kansas or something somewhere. But anyway, uh, they sent me their course list, and nothing, nothing really piqued my interest. And I I talked to him on the phone. I said, yeah, like you know, it's nothing, nothing. I don't want to come ride there, but nothing really piques my interest. And he's like, it doesn't matter. He's like. You know, where did we? I don't want you to come here to go to school. He's like, I want you to come here and ride bulls. <laughs> he's like, you need to take. Wait, he's like, what you need to do is you need to come here, take golf course management, spend the day on the golf course, and then just go ride bulls in the evening. That so I'm been like, good looking back. Yeah, I took scuba diving. <laughs> you took scuba diving in Odessa. <coughs> yeah, I did, and then me and Kraft both took it, and then we went to like three classroom sessions, and we weren't in the water, and we both quit. No way. Yeah. Yeah. So I I didn't go. I just. I was making good money for the time for my age riding bulls, and I didn't have. Were any you a tagging queen then? Yeah, I yeah I didn't go to school. I moved to um, Wardlow area, um, in with uh, Jason and Tanner actually. Um, <laughs> There's and, um, that's a guy. If you want to get a good podcast together, Finkbiner. get Jason Finkbonner on air with us too, because we really oh yeah we really? the three of us have done some. We spent a, we did a lot of funny shit out there and had so much fun until Kirby came back from vet school and then we had to move out. <laughs> Me and Devin but, uh, got kicked off the coach when Kirby came home. But you know, uh, to to credit all of that, I, you know, I I look back and I, um, you know, growing up, I I my work ethic wasn't great, and, you know, and things like that, and and hanging out with the Finkbiners is where I learned how to work right um like i can remember going out with jason tanner and getting drunk at the patricia hotel till two in the morning and then and coming back and passing out in jason's little cabin and and stewart you just hear it you hear it come at this the sun they was feed just with a team up. yeah they feed with a team oh, of no horses shit. a team of horses and small in the winter, or like in the winter time in yeah. the summer they're all in grass but oh, through the winter shit. they feed with a team and Several bales a day, almost like. But anyway, you'd be passed on the coach, feeling like shit, and you could just hear the horses coming up the road, just you know. And he knew Stu was coming in for morning yeah. coffee, and if you didn't have it on, he's gonna be pissed. You'd hear him stop. He'd bar. He'd just come in the house, yell at us for not having the coffee on, call us a bunch of lazy losers, and <laughs> he'd sit there I until did. we got up and yeah, put every our morning shit on. the exact same. Yep. Pete or uh, Slim Spud, whoa, yeah. And, that was the two big roan horses. These are Slim and Spud Woe or Nip and Chip Woe. 
No way. And if whatever team he had, <clears throat> by the end, Stu had grossness enough for making not making him coffee and being a piece of shit. That by the end, me and Devin were driving a team, and Stuart and Jason were driving a team. No so way. So we were doubled. Yeah, actually, we crashed. We I rear-ended his team. Yeah. <laughs> if if that was even possible, I. Or the uh, team. Or the team. Oh, yeah. He he taught us. Uh, he taught us how to rig rig the team up and you know everything like that and he sent me and Tanner betting with it we got stuck we got it wedged somehow we got a post wedge between the first and second wheel and oh, I don't know, somehow we got out of that one but then I remember driving it across the field and and um, I think he was I think Stu was ahead of us with the other team <laughs> he was and, and Marion come out on the side by side and I was gawking yeah, I was gawking, and the Stu stopped. Stu stopped, and I just wasn't paying attention. I just, I just rear-ended the wagon. <laughs> the I didn't pole, think the pole in between the horses just went right through the backboard <laughs> of Stu's wagon. I didn't think they would do that, <laughs> but but yeah, <laughs> rear, we we got in a, a car <laughs> a, a team accident out in the middle of. We were checking field. cows on heavy horses bareback. Holy yeah. shit! That's what we did. Like looking back on all the wasted awesome. time we had. Another sweet story. One, <laughs> we had this big intuition that we we're going to start going to Brooks and hang out with Robert Bowers, which is also like probably legend. the a legend that probably rode more rank bulls than anyone ever. Oh yeah, maybe not hand. just in Canada, maybe with ever. Hand. And uh, so we'd go. Robert lived right across the road from the gym in the pool in Brooks, and we'd go into the gym and. Me and Jace were down the pool one time, and Devin was upstairs on the treadmill, and the, the treadmill overlooked the pool. Overlooked the pool. <laughs> <laughs> there was a girl walking across in a bikini, and Devin, he's starting to lean forward, lean forward, <laughs> gawking at this girl, and all of a sudden he stubbed his dick on the treadmill. <laughs> down, <laughs> down he goes on the treadmill. <laughs> it was... Me you and Jason just happened to be watching from the pool. It was awesome. <laughs> no you know the, the best thing about that workout program was is. We we drive from Wardlow to Brooks to go work out, go half an hour probably, run right? and like lift weights and whatever. But we could never seem to make it past the Patricia Hotel on the way home, so we'd go work cancel out. Cancel our workout with beer, <laughs> yeah. And we'd stop by. We need supper, right? So we but we'd just drink twelve beer and eat a big fat steak, and yeah, it was all for nothing. But it was fun. It was fun. Do we have anything else to finish up here? Got anything else, Tanner? No. Okay, thank you guys both for doing this. It was a lot thank of fun. Thank you. I Thanks, got Dad. about uh, probably a record-setting game coming up here. I think. <laughs> Let's oh, go yeah. play some sports. All right. I'm a $10 cowboy. I play a little guitar. People always ask me if I'm a rodeo star. Doubt if I got eight seconds, but I can sing you a song. Like a big bull rider, I'm steady holding on. Once again, thanks to Devin Maisie and Tanner Gerlitz for having a fun time doing the show with us in Hannah at the hockey tournament. Dustin, there was something I forgot to uh, to get to though. Last time uh, we did a show, this, this it was. I want to say I didn't hear much about it yet, but uh, but the Calgary Stampede, in partnership with the WPRA Women's Pro Rodeo Association, uh, it says they're thrilled to announce a new opportunity for the women of rodeo to compete for an exclusive spot at the greatest outdoor show on earth. And then uh, goes on to quote Stampede President 
uh, or sorry, CEO Joel Cowley. Um, this year, we're pleased to add another path for both rising stars and familiar faces to qualify for our prestigious rodeo and Rocky Mountain Cup. The Rocky Mountain Cup he's talking about is the uh, team roping and the breakaway that is kind of like at the Nutrien. You probably were part of it last year, Dustin. Were you in that building or was that you before that you that you worked? Yeah, you before, and it wasn't last year. But last year was the combined team both roping breakaway. Yeah. Yeah. So there's they're having an event in Solano, Utah. April 11th to 14th, they're calling it the WPRA Western Regional Barrels and Breakaway Competition. Um, they're opening it to barrel races and breakaway ropers from across the U.S. and Canada. The event will be the Calgary Stampede Qualifier. or The, the marquee event for the weekend will be the Calgary Stampede Qualifier. Competitors will have a chance to enter the Calgary Qualifier if already entered in the WPRA part of permit-only race as well as the, the breakaway. The top two finishers in the average standings in the qualifier barrel race and breakaway roping not already qualified will learn a spot to compete in their events at the 2024 Calgary Stampede. Only 30 ladies in the barrels and breakaway will get the honor to compete in Calgary in July. So Jimmy Jimmy Monroe is the WPRA president and goes on to to uh, talk about talk about it a little bit. Um, Entry is going to be open March March 1st. Um, the Calgary Stampede started doing the barrel racing qualifier in June of 2021. That was at the Danes Ranch that year. Um, it says it gives the opportunity, gives athletes the opportunity to race for their chance to be part of the world's largest outdoor rodeo. Um, in addition to this opportunity at the Western Region event in the U.S., the Stampede will be hosting their barrel racing qualifier June 11th and 12th at the Nutrient. The top three from that event, not already qualified, what not already qualified will earn a spot in the Calgary Stampede. So that means there there's five spots now up in these qualifiers. And I think honestly, these qualifiers are, you know, Dustin, we talked about it. Um, the it's, I think it's, I think it's a cool idea. Uh, there's like, technically this is a one-off qualifier that you got to pay to enter and whatnot, but any other competition people are in, it's technically a qualifier too, since they're doing it off standings now and it's not totally an invite rodeo. So more, maybe a more direct path for those that want to go to Calgary. But I think, I think honestly for the bottom line, the Calgary's probably making some money off this thing and they're seeing the success and, you know, maybe that goes to an all qualifier rodeo in some capacity. I don't know what the entire plan is, but, uh, but I just thought it was different to have one in the U S and I know that Calgary has a ton of stock contracts in the U S and what else would I say, Dustin? I know I've been hard on them before, <laughs> different times, right? I'm not trying to be hard. I'm just, I'm just saying uh, it's it's an interesting uh, format to do it. And there's five spots in the barrel racing for qualifiers, and then 25 the other way. Like there, there has previously been four people in the, what are we saying? Four people that come out of the Canadian standings, I think, if I remember right. Yeah. Maybe six. I don't even know. I haven't paid enough attention lately but it's totally different now top, being- top four but it's it's interesting because you know 30 people come five of them are going to come in based off i'm guessing two runs that they have to put together where the yeah, other two, 25 three, four. come off what they've done in a whole rodeo season getting the nfr winning a world title being a former calgary champ so it's it's interesting that 25 people you know it's a <laughs> it's, it's a, a real earned position where you can piece together two really good runs in two days and you're competing for $50,000. Oh yeah. Sorry. It's yeah. not a hundred again yet. I hope, I hope that changes this year. I mean, yeah. 
I, yeah, I hope That's so. what it's done for the American with, you know, with the qualifiers and, you know, the, the amount of events leading up to it and opportunities. It's obviously a big marketing money-making thing. So um, I wonder with it being in the U S if you'll see the, because there has been American girls who have qualified up here through this event. Maybe, maybe you see them stay down South and more Canadians qualify through the all three spots come June, potentially. Or maybe you see anyone who didn't make it in April are like, Hey, now we're all going to go to Calgary and try and get in at the second. You're going to get two chances now. Right. So. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I'm kind of torn on this one. Um, For the bull riding. And they said, we're going to take the best 25 guys based on Canada, PRCA, you know, list. And the other five, we're going to have a bull riding in June in Calgary and the top five guys say it's five guys who ride two bulls. Anyone can enter, could get in. You could be an FCA guy. You could be a, yeah. A retired guy to come out of retirement. Yeah. Ride two for 75 and get in. Like if it was other events, like would it be, what would be the reaction by the industry? I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I, I, uh, Oh, what am I trying? I, I'm. It's kind of a weird one too, because I don't know what the heck this event is. Like, it seems like kind of you know. I don't. I don't know if this is a big event in the U.S. This, uh, what are they calling it? The Western Region Barrels and Breakaway. Like, it just seems like like there's you know. I think there's only seventeen thousand dollars in prize money up. Seventeen five. It looks like. Um, maybe. I don't know. It's saying non-members are welcome. It just seems like if you're gonna do this and it has something to do with Calgary, like why not do it in Houston? Like say if you're, you know, if you're in Houston or if you're at like San Antonio or maybe there's a series or something like it seems odd for it just be a little one-off event. And I think, I think even with Calgary's qualifier with the, with having just their own qualifier, they like, why don't, why don't we just do it in one of the rodeos at home or make it like a series of Canadian rodeos? Like we used to do with the tour, tour fi- finals, yeah, like the top people in the tour. Like that, that draws more people to more events across the country rather than creating a new event where people aren't even at. It's just like a jackpot to get into Calgary. Like, well, I, June 11th, I don't know. That's, a, that's a like a Tuesday, week, Wednesday. Yeah. Right. You know, you're, no crowd there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's interesting. Tuesday, right? Wednesday. I'd be curious if we look back and, you know, we, we chatted about some of the names that have made it through the Canadian qualifier in the past. And, and, you know, when, when you're watching the event live, you know, it's some good storylines because, I feel that every time some of the contestants have run, it's like, oh, they're here for the qualifier. They're here for the qualifier. And be interesting to look at like how much money those contestants that have got in on the qualifier have actually earned in the pools, how far they've made it at Stampede. It'd be interesting to see like, are they going there and are they competitive? And are they yeah. who they yeah, are and what they've done? And and not a knock about against anyone who's been there because it's one thing to qualify there. Then you got to go there and take on the best 25 in the world. Best you know, 30, yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, I'd, I'd be curious to really to dive into it a little more and, and see what the results have been of the people that have qualified. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder. Um, and anyways, I just wanted to bring it up and kind of create some conversation about it and see what people are thinking. And, you know, I, I'm still going back to my, my thoughts on, I think that the tour finale and the tour finals and having that all you know, culminate to a spot at Calgary. I thought that, you know, promoted Canadian rodeo and further 
further increase the entries at some of those rodeos. So but when people would go to that tour. Rodeo, they have no, they really have no allegiance to do anything with the CPRA. You're not even. Yeah. Which is, which is crazy when, you know, when, uh, when it's in Canada and it's not even a CPR rodeo in incapacity, that's kind of wild. It's a P it's the only Canadian rodeo that's PRCA before CPRA. Like it, so, that seems like weird for them to do a qualifier with the WPRA makes sense because they're already sanctioned event with them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I, uh, I'm curious what everybody's thoughts are. So let us know in the, in the comments on the show or give us a shout somewhere on the social media. Let us know, let us know what you think about the Calgary qualifier in Utah. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll dive into some uh, some of the success rates and the numbers down the road. Stats. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe find out a way to crunch some numbers. But anyways, um, Dustin, thanks for making it work today. Happy Family Day weekend. Happy uh, President's Day in America to all our friends. Happy Louis Riel Day to all those in Manitoba. Oh, that's what it is in Manitoba? I think so. Oh, cool. Cannot confirm or deny that uh, statement. <laughs> But uh, make sure to check out the website, cowboyshit.ca. Check out some of our older episodes. Check out the uh, the clothes, the hats, the T-shirts. we got new stuff hitting the website uh, here all the time. We've got some new stuff that's doing great out there so far. Uh, some cool new designs from Storm, working on a lot of stuff. So so exciting times. Lots, lots going on. And uh, hopefully spring is almost here, Dustin. I think it's coming. It's on the way. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Cowboy Ship. My name is Ted Stoven. He is Dustin Edwards. Appreciate you always stopping by. This ain't Texas. Ooh. Ain't no holding. Hey. So lay your cards down, 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 down. So pocket Lexus Ooh. and throw your keys up. Hey. Stick around, round, 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 round. Stick around. And I'll be damned if I can't slow dance with you. Ooh. Come throw some sugar on me, honey, too. It's a real live boogie and a real live hold down. Don't be a bitch. Come take it to the floor now. Woo! There's a tornado.